Welcome. This is the Woodbury Church of Christ Sermon Podcast. We're glad that you tuned in, and if you'd like to know more about our church, you can find out all the information at woodburychurch.org. Or we'll see you some Sunday, Sundays at 10 a.m. Looking forward to it. These teens have set the standard for what it means to be a leader in youth group. They have shown up, they have invited friends, and made sure others filled loved. They've went through a lot. They've endured COVID as well as three youth ministers and have persevered through it all. Yet I am unable to take full credit for these young men and young women because I have only been with them for a year. As a church, you should be proud of these young men and young women Because I believe that these teens can go and change the world. Logan and I's goal through the children and youth programs is to aid development so that we can send teens into the world to make an impact. So thank you to all the people who have prayed, taught, and taken time out of your day to touch the lives of these seniors. And as we conclude with the series in Colossians, I believe that the end is the perfect message for a senior Sunday. And Patrick has spoiled y'all. This is the only slide. And that is the verse, so you might have to look it up on your own. It will not be on the board. So we're, we're kicking it old school. We're kicking it old school today. But you look at the end of Colossians, and what do you think? What do you see? A bunch of names? This would be normally the point when you're reading a book that you just skip. You know, it says final greetings. You can get the just. Those names don't mean anything to you. Let's just skip right through it. But Paul shows us the reminder that within ministry, without life, we need people in our life. We need friendship, we need fellowship, and we need support. We need people praying for us. We need relationships, and we need to remember the people who have helped encourage and impact our lives. You know, often we give Paul credit as one of the best ministers ever who wrote half of the New Testament, and that's true. Yet it is clear that he was not all alone. Instead, his ministry consisted of many ministers in constant communication who were working together for the advancement of the gospel, and that's clear here in Colossians, at the end of Colossians. Therefore, you could say that one of Paul's highest values was not that he wrote half the New Testament, that he was a great minister, but it was that he was a great friend and encourager of people working hard to bring Christ to the world. You know, it is so easy for us to open up the end of this letter, read through it in our personal time, and think, these people mean nothing to me. And maybe that is true, but to Paul, they meant everything. 
They were his friends. They were people who did ministry with him. They meant something to Paul. So instead of thinking these people mean nothing to me, I'm just going to skip right through it. What if we changed our thinking and we thought, who in my life has impacted me to be a better person and bring me closer to Christ? If I had to write a letter and I had to tell somebody about my journey with Christ, who would I want to send my final greetings to? Who would I want to remember? Which Sunday teacher would I want to remember? Which elder would I want to remember? Which family members would I want to remember that helped bring me closer to Christ, aided me in my ministry, and helped shine Christ in my life? I have a list of people that mean nothing to you. I remember Miss Patsy, when I was just a little kid, and I was too young for Bible school, she would take me into one of the classrooms and she'd bring me gummy Krabby Patties and gummy Cokes and little bowling sets and Play-Doh, and she would teach me about Jesus. She would come and pick me up from my house sometimes on Sundays, and we would go visit shut-ins who couldn't make it to church. She taught me something. I thought she was my grandma for the longest time because of how well she treated me. She taught me to be for those who can't make it to church. She taught me something. She means something in my story. And many of y'all will never get to meet her. I remember Nubbin Bowley. You may think, oh my goodness, was his name really Nubbin? No. His name was William Bowley, and he was an elder at the church that I went to growing up, and he was awesome. But he was super tall, and they called him nubbin because of like a nubbin buck. You know what a nubbin buck is? It's just when they have, they're young and they just have two little horns. But they called him nubbin because he was really tall and he was really good at basketball. I just remember that his hands were the size of Bibles and he'd shake my hand and crush it every Sunday and it made me stronger, right? <laughs> it made me stronger. But I remember him pulling me to the side one Sunday and he said, Presley, if you read the book of Proverbs before the end of the summer, I'll give you $20. And I read that book, but it taught me to search for wisdom that I need to be reading my Bible. That meant something to me, even now. I remember a man by the name of Sid Walmack. I used to be part of an organization called Lads to Leaders, and it's where you go and you practice how to preach and sing, and read your Bible, and we did puppets, and we did a quiz bowl, and we would go to this competition every year in Memphis, but it took lots and lots of practice. And I remember Sid Walmack coming to the church early every Sunday at 4.15 for months to sit right there while I gave him the same sermon 150 times, led the same songs 150 times, read my Bible to him 150 times, and he'd do really funny stuff, like he would sit there and he would pretend like he was talking to people around him so that I wouldn't feel distracted. You may not think, but we see you do that stuff. (laughs) And now I'm unfazed because of Sid. And what's really funny about this competition is, though, that I never placed it preaching. I was actually awful at preaching. Um, I could never get the time right. 
I would get really scared. But what I was good at was song leading. I actually got first place in song leading in third grade. And so if that tells you anything, maybe I'll start leading songs. <laughs> just kidding. Just, just kidding. I remember in college when I walked into my class and I, you know, I thought that college would be really easy for me because I was going to Bible school and I grew up in church and I knew all this stuff about the Bible. I thought it'd be a breeze. I thought I'd ace everything. I'd never have to study. But I was going to class and I soon realized that I was one of the dumbest kids in my classes. Really. I studied and I read hard and I tried to practice my Greek and I tried to do all this stuff, but I could tell that I was behind a lot of the people I went to school with. They would raise their hand and they'd answer all these questions and I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I tried hard, but I still struggled and it left me really discouraged. And I remember going into my professor's office, his name's Jesse Robinson, and I said, Dr. Robinson, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't get any of the grades right. I'm studying. I'm reading my Bible. I'm trying as hard as I can, and I can't get a good grade. Everybody in the class is smarter than me. How am I ever going to be able to be a minister if I can't get these grades? I'm going to be the worst minister to graduate. I can't do it. I remember him telling me that he thought that I was special. I remember him telling me that he saw good traits in me. And he told me that when he has a grandkid one day, he would want me to be their youth minister. I'll remember that forever. I remember all 12 members at Magnolia Street Church of Christ who led a 22-year-old inexperienced senior in college, come and preach for him every Sunday. They had no reason to let me do that. But they kept asking me to come back, and they welcomed me, and they threw potlucks when I left, and I'll never forget because they would all fall asleep every Sunday. <laughs> I'd spend all this time prepping and doing my senior stuff, and I'd come and I'd preach silence and eyes closed but every Sunday they'd come up to me and they'd go boy that was the best sermon I've ever heard in my life I love it best sermon ever so maybe they were listening or maybe they were just telling me that but I'll always remember them allowing me to come and practice and the love that they showed me and now you are all on my list I'll always remember y'all for hiring me and allowing me to come and be the youth minister here. And all these seniors are on my list as well as the first class I've ever had uh, come through and graduate. You will never meet Sid Walmack. You will never meet Nubbin Bowley. You will never meet a lot of these people that I mentioned, Miss Patsy, and a lot of them since this time have passed away. And they're up in heaven with God. But you all have a list of people who have impacted your lives. 
You've had people who have taught your Bible class, counseled you at church camp, preached to you, discipled you, have been there for you in some way. You have a final greetings list, just like Paul. And I think Paul shows us that we need to remember these people. We need to remember the people who have impacted us. We need to remember the lessons that, you, that we have been taught. And we need to take all that information, all that love, and we need to go do something with it. We need to take that information and we need to love the people in our lives. We need to love the people in our communities. We need to share the gospel. We need to serve. We have been served and now we are called to serve. So to the seniors, and I think you can all learn something as well. I know I have. Remember those who have shaped you. Choose to listen to what they have taught and hold those things close to your heart because they won't always be around. And what you learn from older generations matter. Remember those things. Take that information and turn it into an action. Number two, no matter where you are, get involved in a church. You will be tempted to think that you have done your time and that you're finally free of your parents waking you up on Sunday and making you go. But you need Christian community and you need people pouring into you. You need to come to church on Sunday, take communion, fellowship with brothers and sisters, and reset once a week. You need people who care for you. The sad thing is that oftentimes the church that you go to will never compare to your home congregation. You're not going to walk in and people know you and ask about you, but you have to go. You need community. You need a place to serve. You need people pouring into you. Number three, Colossians 4.17. See to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. See to it that you complete the work. There's been a lot of work put in you. You may not think it. There's been a lot of work put in to you. Lots of work by your parents, your grandparents, your teachers, Sunday school teachers throughout the years, all your youth ministers who have prepared uh, different things for you, different spiritual activities, all the counselors that counsel like Flame and Pine and the people that direct it. A lot of people have put work into you and I pray and I hope that you have seen Jesus and the Holy Spirit in work in you as well. But it's time to do the work. You've had 18 years of your life of people pouring into you, helping you, pouring into you. You have a whole children's program that's dedicated to you. You have a whole youth program that's dedicated to serving you. And now it's your turn to go and impact the world. It's your turn to take all of this information that has been given to you, all this love, this Jesus that has been shown to you, and it's time to go and show that to other people as well. Become somebody on somebody's list. 
become somebody on somebody's list. And fourth, don't forget about me. (laughs) Don't forget about this church. We will be praying for you, and you will always have a home at the Woodbury Church of Christ. When times get hard, your friends and your family here will always welcome you. They'll always love you. And I think as a church, you should look at these seniors and you should say to yourself that we did a good thing and that we are proud of these kids. And I think that these teens, these young men and young women are a reflection to how healthy our church is and how much we love Jesus. You should be proud of these young men and young women. So as we close, I want to close in the same way that Paul does in his letter here at the end. I'm so proud of each and every one of you, and I couldn't imagine this year without you. But as the Apostle Paul chooses to end this letter, on behalf of the Woodbury Church of Christ, we say, grace be with you. I'm going to call all the seniors that feel comfortable coming up on stage and all the elders and Leon and all the ministry staff as well to come up. to come up and uh, pray over these uh, young men and young women as we, before our closing song. Turns out, Senior Sunday wasn't about me after all. (laughs) You haven't been yanked up by the hair of the head. Loved on, taught, and now it's your turn. We call it cheers and tears. We're sad. We ain't that sad. (laughs) We want you to go. So we're cheering you on. Actually, you can make room for the next group. So now it's time for you to make room and to uh, show what you are made of and what we have helped. So you will make us proud. I am totally confident of that. So there are a lot of things that I thought about that I could say about this elite group. But the best place to go when you want to know what to say is the Bible, right? So... Presley mentioned Proverbs. In the very first chapter of Proverbs, or the advice to you as I'm talking to you guys, my child, listen to your father's teaching. I know that's something new. <laughs> listen to your father's teaching and do not forget your mother's advice. Their teaching will be like flowers in your hair or a necklace around your neck. Proverbs goes on to talk about this quite a bit. 
One more, Proverbs 2. Listen carefully to wisdom. Set your mind on understanding. Cry out for wisdom and beg for understanding. Search for it like silver and hunt for it like hidden treasure. Then you will understand respect for the Lord and you will find that you know God. So we're sending you off. Thank you very much. Uh, we are really, really excited for such an elite group. And so we're going to do a little prayer as we go. Lord, as we bow before this beautiful group of kids, you have indeed blessed us greatly. Our cup runneth over with such a beautiful set of kids, a wonderful group of kids. Uh, as they go, Father, I pray that you give them the mindset to remember their upbringing, remember you. Father, we know that uh, there will be down times, but we want them to remember that we are here. This is their home church. We are uh, we have a part in this. Our responsibility is over. Now it's their turn. So go with them, Father. Bless them. Keep them strong. Father, put peers in their path that will help them when they struggle. Help them help their peers. So bless them, Father. Uh, we just pray so much that uh, they will grow in, in might and knowledge and understanding. And to your glory, Father, they will be glory. Thank you for Jesus. His name we pray. Amen.